This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Right off the bat, it's time to put Jack Webb as Sergeant Joe Friday to work tonight in the very popular old-time radio show, Dragnet. Jack Webb was not only the actor who portrayed Joe Friday, but as well he was responsible for the actual production itself. He believed very strongly in the LAPD and wanted to recognize the hard work of those who wore the uniform in that city. His no-nonsense approach was admired by many, and the program enjoyed a loyal following and holds up well today. The episode we're about to hear is entitled Missing Person, Juanita Lasky. Ladies and gentlemen, the story you are about to hear is true. Only the names have been changed to protect the innocent. NBC brings you Dragnet. Detective Sergeant, you're assigned to missing persons detail. You've never heard of Fountain Green, Utah. You've never heard of Juanita Lasky. Los Angeles is a big city, 452 square miles, 3,356,969 people. Your job, find her. Dragnet. The documented drama of an actual crime investigated and solved by the men who unrelentingly stand watch on the security of your home, your family, and your life. For the next 30 minutes, in cooperation with the Los Angeles Police Department, you will travel step by step on the side of the law through an actual case from official police files. From beginning to end, from crime to punishment, Dragnet is the story of your police force in action. It was Monday, December 12th. It was cold in Los Angeles. We were working the day watch out of missing persons detail. My partner's Ben Romero. The boss is Ed Backstrand, chief of detectives. My name's Friday. I was on my way back from lunch, and it was 12.47 p.m. when I got to room 67A. Missing persons detail. 4G. Federal cafe. Good soup today. What kind? Uh... Corn chowder. It was real good. Place is jammed with Christmas shoppers. I had to wait. Mm. Haven't even started my shopping yet. You? Oh, I gotta pick up something for my mother. Prices are high. I'll send a lot of cards. Will you get married, Joe? Ever try to sell a Christmas card to a kid? They got to have something with wheels on it. Yeah, I guess you're right. Missing persons, Friday. Fountain Green, Utah, calling the Los Angeles Police Department. Bureau of Missing Persons. My party will speak with anyone in charge. This is Missing Persons, Sergeant Friday. Just a moment, please. Mrs. Lasky, ready with your call to Los Angeles. 
Hello. 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 Here's your party. Go ahead, please. Uh, operator. Yes, madam. Uh, could you please give me the charges for this call? I'm using my neighbor's phone. All right, madam. Please signal when your call is completed. Oh, yes, yes. I- I'll do that. Go ahead, please. Hello. Uh, hello. Are you missing person? Yes, ma'am. Sergeant Friday. This is Mrs. Hannah Lasky. I'm calling you from Fountain Green, Utah. Yes, ma'am. This is in regard to my daughter, Juanita Lasky. I, I haven't heard from her in well over a month, and I- I'm terribly worried. Where was she staying in Los Angeles, Ms. Lasky? At the Chelsea Hotel for Women. I, I-, I have the address. Uh, 941 South Melrose Street. I can't understand it. Ever since Juanita's been away from home, she she's written twice a week regularly. When's the last time you heard from her? The last letter I have is postmarked November 2nd. You know how it is, Sergeant. We have no relatives in Los Angeles, and, and she's trying to find work down there, living all alone. I, I just don't know what to do. All right, Ms. Lasky. I'll take her description over the phone and make out a preliminary report. You'll have to send us a photograph of your daughter and a letter to the effect that you want us to trace her. I'll get the letter and the snapshot off today. Now, what's your daughter look like? What's her full name? Juanita Marie Lasky. L-A-S-K-E-Y. No, 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 no E. All right. Her age, weight, and height. She was 26 last July 10th, 128 pounds, and about my height. Well, how tall are you, Ms. Lasky? Oh, oh, yes. Uh, Five feet, seven inches. She has auburn hair. It's quite long... And her eyes are green. Okay, I got it. Any outstanding scars, birthmarks, anything that might help us identify her? Uh, what's that? I say any outstanding scars, birthmarks, anything that might help us identify her. No. Juanita's a pretty girl. Nice disposition. Oh, that's about all, Sergeant. Where can we contact you, Ms. Lasky? 122 Brigham Young Street, Fountain Green, Utah. When you find Juanita... I wish you'd have her call me right away. I- I- I'll pay for the call. We'll do that, Ms. Lasky. What's your number up there? This is the neighbor's phone, but, but they'll call me. It's Fountain Green 14R2. Yeah. You will try to find her as fast as you can. We'll go to work on it. Well, Juanita always comes home for the Christmas holidays. Do you think she's all right? I wouldn't worry about it, Ms. Lasky. We'll call you just as soon as we get any kind of a lead on her. Oh. Thank you so much, Sergeant. And and if there's any charge, I'll be glad to pay it. No charge. If your daughter's in Los Angeles, I think we can find her. Oh, if there's anything wrong, you'll let me know right away? Yes, ma'am. You're very kind. Goodbye. Bye. What you got, Joe? Some girl owes her mother a letter. Come on, Ben. Just a routine call. We made the usual check, the morgue, all the hospitals, the county jail. And then we went through the repeater file. We found a Juanita Lasky in the files, but the age and description didn't match. We put that lead in the discard. After the usual paperwork, the next step was to check her last known residence, the Chelsea Hotel for Women. Here it is, Joe. Chelsea Hotel. Yeah. 55 rooms all outside. You're home away from home. Now let's go in. Hotel. Thank you. Here's a bell. Yes, sir. May I help you? We're looking for a Miss Juanita Lasky. I'll ring her room. Whom shall I say is calling? Is she in? I believe so. I just saw her about an hour ago. Okay. Would you ring her room, please? Uh, yes, sir. And whom shall I say is calling? My name's Friday. All right, Mr. Friday. Just a moment. 
Uh, do you wish to speak with her on the phone, or shall I have her come down? Ask her to come down if she doesn't mind. She doesn't seem to answer. That's funny. I'll ring again. No, sir, she doesn't seem to be in. Would you like to leave a message? Didn't you say you saw her about an hour ago? Yes, I did. She must have gone out again. I wonder if we could check her room. Oh, no. Gentlemen are not allowed above the main lobby. I'm sorry, ma'am. We're from the police department. Missing persons. I'm Sergeant Friday. This is Sergeant Romero. Oh. You men are from missing persons, did you say? Yes, ma'am. Well, I'm sure Juanita's just stepped out for a moment if you'd care to wait here in the lobby. We haven't got much time, ma'am. We'd appreciate it if you'd show us a room. Certainly. I'll get the pass key. That's uh, 215. The elevator's right this way. Thank you. What seems to be the trouble? Some friend of Juanita's missing? No, ma'am. Juanita. Juanita? Well, I don't understand. Her mother's a little worried about her. Down this way. Here we are. No wonder she didn't hear the phone. She's in the shower. Yes, ma'am. Um, would you rap on the bathroom door and tell her we'd like to talk to her as soon as she's through? We'll wait out here in the hall. Certainly. Juanita? Juanita, there are two gentlemen here to see you. Juanita? Juanita? I'm coming in. It's Miss Waters. Sergeant? Yeah? There's no one in the shower. Well, it's running, isn't it? Yes, and I see a robe and towel all laid out. We better take a look around. Turn off the shower, will you? Yeah. She must have left in a hurry. Say, here's a fresh change of clothing on the bed. Where's the closet, ma'am? This door? Yes, that's right. Closet full of clothes. There's a couple of pieces of luggage in there. This isn't like one, either. Funny, isn't it? You say you saw her about an hour ago. Yes, I did. Coming in or going out? Oh, coming in, I thought. You have room service here? Yes, we have a coffee shop downstairs. Uh-huh. The tray of food here on the table hasn't been touched. Coffee's still warm. Shut that radio off, will you, Ben? Yeah. Could she have gotten out of the building without you seeing her? No, we don't have a rear entrance. You sure you didn't see her go out the front door just before we got here? No. No, I did not. How about her mail? Has she been picking it up lately? I think so. We can check that down at the desk. Yeah, here's some letters. Postmark Utah. Return address. Mrs. H. Lasky. Mother. Now, let me see that other one, Ben. This is one of your telephone message forms? Let me see. Yes, yes, that's right. Says long distance call operator 2 Fountain Green, Utah. According to this slip, this call was received at 125 today. May I see that, Sergeant? Certainly. There you are. Yes, that's Edna's writing. Mrs. Tollison took that call. She relieves me for lunch. Well, do you know whether she returned this call? Well, if she did, there'll be a record down at the desk. Uh-huh. Now, you're positive that you saw Juanita Lasky an hour ago. Yes, how? I'm sure. Just about an hour ago. Five feet, seven, 128 pounds, green eyes, red hair. Red hair? Oh, no. Juanita's a blonde. Her mother told us that Juanita Lasky had red hair. Now, we weren't too surprised. A lot of women change the color of their hair. It would make identification a little more difficult, but not impossible. We checked down at the desk. Juanita Lasky had picked up all her mail, but she had not answered that long-distance phone call to Fountain Green. The next step was to question some of the people in the Chelsea Hotel who knew Juanita. We tried room 217. Yeah, oh, 
Gloria, these men are police officers. They want to ask you some questions. Oh, yes. Is it all right for them to... Yes, yes, of course. This is an exception. Won't you come in? Thank you. What's your name, miss? Gloria Edgerton. You know Juanita Lasky? Yes, I know her. She has the room right next door to me. Have you seen her today? No, I haven't. I've been out doing my Christmas shopping. Why? We were trying to locate her, Miss Edgerton. Wasn't she in her room? I thought I heard her shower going. Yes, she did, but she wasn't in there. When was the last time you saw her? Last night at dinner. We always eat dinner together. Did she say anything that might lead you to believe that she was going anywhere today? No. She said she might do some Christmas shopping today, so I suggested she go with me, and she agreed. She said she'd let me know this morning. Did she? No, she didn't. I just assumed that maybe she was sleeping in, so I went on alone. Are you sure she hasn't just stepped out? We don't know. If you're just going down to the corner, it's a little unusual to leave the shower running, the radio on, and let your lunch get cold. Did she do that? How long has Juanita had blonde hair? Well, ever since I've known her, about six months. We moved in here together. We work at the same place. Where's that, Miss Edgerton? At the Cadget building. We're elevator operators. I see. Who's your immediate superior down there? Darlene Camp. She's cheap starter. Mm-hmm. You got that, Ben? Mm-hmm. She have many dates? No, not too many. Juanita likes to go steady. Who was her steady boyfriend? Paul Matthews. He works in the Cadget building, too. He's in the dental lab for Dr. Welty. Sixth floor. Well, is there anything else that you'd like to add that might help us find her? Well, are you sure she's lost? The Claggett Building is in the heart of downtown Los Angeles. It's a business and professional building. The cornerstone says, erected in 1924, and it stands 12 stories high. The main entrance is on Hill Street. Going up. Just That's all in the car, please. All right, Marion. Going up. Get back in the car, please. Are you Darlene Camp? Yes. Just a moment, please. Going out. All right, Dora. Can I help you? I'm Sergeant Friday, Police Department. This is Sergeant Romero. Yes, sir. Juanita Lasky work for you? Yes, she does. She's one of my operators. When's the last time you saw her? Mm, anything wrong? No, no. We're just trying to locate her. Well, you just missed her by 45 minutes. All right, Sylvia. She was in to pick up a check. You know where she cashes it, Jay? Most of the girls cash them down at the bank on the corner. There's only one around here over on 8th. You say about 45 minutes ago? Yes, that's right. Thanks very much, Miss Camp. Come on, Ben. Going up. All right, Marion. Yeah, bank's not far from here. Yeah, it is kind of funny, isn't it? What's that? Her room, the shower, the radio, that lunch. Sure pulled out in a hurry. What do you think? I don't know what to figure. It's a new one on me. She's alive. We know that. Well, she was 45 minutes ago, anyway. Hmm. Christmas is here. Santa Claus in his chimney. Yeah. No. Oh. I beg your pardon, sir. Yeah, that's all right. Merry Christmas. Same to you. Here we are, Joe. Guess we better check with the manager, huh? You the manager? I'm the assistant manager. Can I help you? Police department. Yes, sir. I'd like to find out if a check has been cashed here within the hour. Yes, sir. And what's the party's name? Lasky, Juanita, payroll check, Claggett building. Yes, sir. I know Miss Lasky. If you'll uh, step behind the counter, I'll get the check. Thank you. If you'll uh, just wait right here. Okay, thanks. wonder why she stopped writing to her mother. It's a good question. When we find her, we'll ask her. wonder if anything was wrong where she worked. No, it didn't seem to be. We'll check back there when we finish here. Yeah, and that boyfriend, Paul Matthews, too. Yeah, oh, here's our man. Yes, sir. Uh, here's the canceled check. I okayed it. You sure it's the same girl? 
blonde girl, elevator operator in the Claggett building. Was she alone? Oh, I think so. Did she appear normal? No. No, she didn't seem to be as friendly as she usually is. Now, does she have an account here? She did have a small savings account here, but she closed it out about a month ago. I see. Well, here's our card. If you should happen to see her again, give us a call. I'll do that. Thank you very much. Entirely welcome. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. back to the Claggett building. Ben called the Chelsea Hotel from the phone booth in the lobby of the building. Miss Waters, the manager, was keeping a sharp lookout, but Juanita Lasky had not been heard from. Paul Matthews worked in a dental lab for a Dr. Welding. His office was number 637. Yes, gentlemen, may I help you? We'd like to see Paul Matthews. I'm Paul Matthews. We're from Missing Persons Police Department. Sergeant Friday, I'm Sergeant Merrill. Yes, sir. Do you know a Juanita Lasky? Yes, sir. When's the last time you saw her? Saturday night. We went to a show. Is there something wrong? We're trying to locate her. Do you see a lot of each other? Yes, we do. I don't understand... Miss Lasky disappeared from the hotel a couple hours ago. Thought maybe you might know where she is. No, I don't. Today's her day off. Maybe she's out shopping. Has Juanita done anything wrong? No, it's just that her mother hasn't heard from her for quite some time. I can explain that. Juanita's an elevator operator here in the building. That's how I met her. They don't make much money, you know. Yeah. She was having a hard time making ends meet. She sends money home to her mother every month or so, and besides that, she's got to pay rent and buy clothes and eat. It's pretty rough. She seemed despondent over all this? No, I wouldn't say that, but she was kind of unhappy about not getting a raise. Do you have any outside job? No, sir, she didn't. What kind of a girl is she? What do you mean? Cheerful, good-natured. Oh, sure. Fine girl. We get along swell. I... I, I still don't get it. Well, maybe there's nothing to it. Just a routine check. I hope she's all right. When did all this come up? A couple of hours ago. We might have to check back with you. Well, if I can help. Uh, okay. Thanks for the information. Here's our card. If you hear from her, we'll give us a ring. You don't suppose anything's happened to her? That's what we're trying to find out. Goodbye, Mr. Matthews. When we got back to Central Division, we had a full description of Juanita Lasky teletype to all outlying stations in the metropolitan area of Los Angeles. We also put out an APB. We double-checked the repeater file and the wanderer file. We made out a full report on our findings to date. During the next eight days, we located a missing husband for a wife in Memphis, Tennessee. We picked up a runaway boy missing from his home in Reno, Nevada, and a 79-year-old veteran of the Spanish-American War who left his home in Bakersfield, California because he didn't like his daughter-in-law's cooking. But Juanita Lasky was still a mystery. For eight days, we checked and rechecked all our known friends and habits. We went back over the course a dozen times, but no trace. It was almost as if she had ceased to exist that day in the Chelsea Hotel. The letter and photograph from her mother had arrived, and we circulated it to cities all over the country. Her mother wrote that during the war, Juanita was a whack corporal. We put a tracer through to the War Department. That way, we'd have another photo and a full set of fingerprints. Well, where do you want to start today? I'll get it. Missing persons, Friday. Joe, this is Spencer over in the morgue. Yeah, Archie. You still looking for that girl? Uh, what's her name? Ramona Lasky? Juanita, yeah. Just had one brought in. Looks like your girl to me. The city morgue is located in the basement of the Hall of Justice on West Temple Street, across the street from the city hall. A lot of missing persons cases end right here. Archie Spencer met us at the door. Hi, Joe. How's the wife, Ben? No, fine. 
fine, Archie. Over here, Joe. Cooler 23. Give me a hand, huh? You bet. That's her, isn't it? When's she going to be posted? As soon as your fingerprint man gets here. That's Ramona Lasky, isn't it? Juanita. Juanita, I mean. No. No, that's not her, Archie. You sure? Yeah. I was almost positive. Sure looks like this picture in your bulletin. Yeah, yeah, she looks a lot like the picture, but it's not Juanita Lasky. Five foot seven, green eyes, blonde hair, about 130. How close can you get? And look at the face. You sure that's not her? Yeah, I'm sure. Look at her hair, the roots. Yeah. They're blonde all the way down. They ought to be dark. Our girl's a bleached blonde. Yeah, I see what you mean. Look at her right hand, index and middle fingers. Heavy nicotine stains. Our girl didn't smoke, Archie. Yeah, I see what you mean. Well, guess I was wrong. That's not Ramona. Juanita. Come on, Ben. That afternoon, we got another phone call from Fountain Green, Utah. Juanita Lasky's mother. We told her we hadn't found any trace of her daughter. It was a hard job. We had answered calls like this before, but maybe it was just the season of the year. Somehow, we felt that we had to find Juanita Lasky by Christmas. We covered every angle we could think of. We kept close watch on all incoming reports. We stayed in close contact with her friends and Miss Waters at the Chelsea Hotel. Regardless of the name on the incoming reports, we checked every set of fingerprints against those we had received on Juanita Lasky from the War Department. Still, no trace. December 23rd, we checked in for work at 8.30 a.m. Chief Ed Backstrand wanted to see us. Got a little something on the Lasky girl. Might help you. What is it, Gavin? man by the name of Willard Harris. Owns a bar out in Pomona. Phoned in this morning. Yeah? Found a woman's handbag left in the bar. Driver's license made out to Juanita Lasky. Why'd you think to call her? He's got a television set in his bar. Saw the Lasky girl's picture on Sergeant Rosenquist's broadcast last night. How about the girl? Says he can't place her. You uh, better hop out and pick up that purse. Willard Harris owned the Mission Trail Bar. Was in the bus terminal in the heart of Pomona. The Christmas traffic was heavy all the way out Garvey Boulevard. It was 10.45 when we pulled up in front of the bar. Willard Harris was inside taking a liquor inventory when we walked in. How do you do? You, Mr. Harris? Yes, that's right. You fellas with General Liquors? Los Angeles Police Department. My name's Friday. This is Sergeant Romero. Oh, say. Glad to know you boys. Yeah, I called Los Angeles this morning. We came right out. Say, um, how about a little eye-opener? Got some fine Irish whiskey? No, thanks, Mr. Harris. How about your partner there? No, thank you. All right, boys. Guess you want that purse, huh? Yes, please. Yeah. Here you are. Just as I found it. I opened it up to get the owner's name, but that's all. Didn't touch a thing. Okay. Thanks, Mr. Harris. You said that you didn't remember seeing the woman who left this. No, I don't. Herb works with me here. He might have seen her, but he didn't. I asked him the night we found it. How long ago did you find this purse? Oh, better part of two weeks. No, a little closer to a week. Yeah. Yeah, about eight days ago. I usually hold something like this for 30 days. That's a law, you know. Yeah. But I saw that fellow on the television on that missing persons program. That's how come I called you, boys. Well, thanks very much, Mr. Harris. That's all, boys. It's cold out this morning. Sure you don't want a little bit? No, thanks, Mr. Harris. Goodbye. 
We checked the personnel at the bus terminal, but none of them seemed to recognize Juanita Lasky's photograph. We checked the contents of her purse, but we found nothing unusual. Four $1 bills and some change and the normal things women carry. Since it was money in the bag, we felt sure that Juanita Lasky had lost the purse herself. That meant that she was alive eight days ago, two days after she walked out of the Chelsea Hotel. It's the only print carried on a California driver's license. It matched the same print on the War Department record. It didn't prove anything except that all the evidence tied in and belonged to the girl we were looking for, Juanita Lasky. The next morning, December 24th, we checked in for work at 8.30. Morning, Ben. All right, Joe, here's the daily report. You want to check them? There's a mess of them. Let's get at them. You look through any of them yet? No, not yet. I figured it'd work for you. All right, I'll take half, huh? Mm. Got any shopping done? No, you? Okay. Lunch hour, mostly. Mm-hmm. Found some nice cards. Be sure to send me one. Yeah, I'll hand it to you in the morning. Let's trade shaving lotions like we did last year. If I get any. You can get some. My kid's got a bottle all picked out for you. It's called South Pole for that cool thing. Yeah. Well, he's only a kid, you feeling, wasn't it? Better than he gets older. Oh, huh. he'll do it. Out of tap, Friday. On the Lasky case. Thanks, Holm. Oh, Ben, listen to this. Yeah? Bureau of Criminal Investigation, Sacramento. Here's a kickback on our APB. Yeah, what's it say? Uh, reading your APB, number 43 on 12-1248. Our records disclose that Juanita Lasky applied for a position of civilian clerk at Marchfield, California, U.S. Army Air Base, using alias Gene Davis. How about the fingerprint classification? Yeah, let me find out. Yeah, FPC, key 19, primary 32 over 32, inner over outer, final 15 over 17. Friends, check out. That's our girl, Joe. The Sacramento report stated that Gene Davis had applied for government work at Marchfield, California. Well, a couple of things dropped into place. Her purse had been found in Pomona. That's right on the main highway from Los Angeles to Riverside. And the application for a job at the Army Air Base a few miles beyond Riverside. We put through a long-distance phone call, and they told us that Gene Davis was employed there as a civilian clerk, but failed to show up for work that morning. It seems like we run fresh out of luck every trip, doesn't it? We get so close, and then she's gone again. What do you think she's on the go for? If I could figure that, I could find her. I'll get it. Missing persons, Friday. Yeah? We'll be right over. We didn't find her. But she's been found. Juanita Lasky just walked into the Chelsea Hotel. We went over to the Chelsea Hotel. Technically, our job was completed now. Juanita Lasky had been found. We went over to make out a routine report. The streets were pretty jammed with last-minute Christmas shoppers, so we walked the last block to the hotel. What's your guess, Joe? Let's ask her. Come on, let's go in. That looks like her over by the desk there. Yeah, pretty well memorized that face. Sergeant, this is Juan Lasky. Sergeant Friday and Sergeant Romero, Juanita. How do you do, Miss Lasky? How do you do? I'm sorry. I'm terribly sorry. Miss Waters told me. You mind telling us? Where have you been? Well, Sergeant, I don't know. These last 12 days have been a complete loss to me. Miss Waters told me what happened. I went over to see my doctor. He said I had temporary amnesia. I have to have treatment. I see. What's your doctor's name, Miss Lasky? Dr. Rudner over on Crenshaw. Well, we're glad you're okay. Kind of had us going there for a while. Oh, I'm sorry. Can I use your phone, Miss Waters? Oh, certainly. Help yourself. Thank you. Hello? 
Long distance? I'd like to place a person-to-person call to Mrs. Hannah Lasky, Fountain Green, Utah. That number is 14R2. Fountain Green, Utah, 14R2. That's right. Your name and number, please. Joe Friday, and this is Hempstead 8594. Thank you. Rate operator. Fountain Green, Utah, route and night person rate from Los Angeles. T.C. Mount Pleasant, Salt Lake, night person, 140. Through Salt Lake. Salt Lake. Mount Pleasant. Mount Pleasant. Fountain Green. Fountain Green. Fountain Green, 14R2. Mrs. Hannah Lasky, Los Angeles, California, calling. Thank you. Ringing operator. Hello. Mrs. Hannah Lasky, please. Los Angeles, California, calling. Oh, oh, yes, yes. Hang on. I'll, I'll get her. Waiting on your party, sir. Thanks. Getting through all right, Joe? Yeah. Lucky. Christmas Eve. Yeah. Hello. 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 Hello, Ms. Lasky. Yes? Just a minute, Ms. Lasky. Juanita. Hmm? You're wanted on the phone. Oh. Who is it? Just say hello. She'll take it from there. Let's go, Ben. Hello? Yes? Hello, Mother. Come on, Ben. Yes, I'm all right. Mother, it's so good to hear your voice. See you tomorrow, Joe. Merry Christmas. Yeah, it is, isn't it? The story you have just heard is true. Only the names were changed to protect the innocent. Upon further examination by competent medical authorities, Juanita Lasky was found to be suffering from periodic spells of amnesia. She was given treatment, and a complete cure was effected. You have just heard the eighth in a new series of authentic cases from official files. Technical advice for Dragnet is furnished by the Los Angeles Police Department. Tonight's program is dedicated to Corporal Grady A. Beecham of the 9th Precinct Metropolitan Police Force, Washington, D.C., who, on the night of December 2nd, 1948, gave his life so that yours might be more secure. Dragnet came to you from Los Angeles. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Stay tuned for The Great Gildersleeve next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for Harold Perry to star in The Great Gildersleeve. This program was first broadcast in 1945. Kraft presents The Great Gildersleeve. <laughs> Cheese Company, makers of parquet margarine and a complete line of famous quality food products, presents Harold Perry as the Great Gildersleeve. Kraft brings you the Great Gildersleeve every week at this time, written by John Wheaton and Sam Moore, with music by Claude Sweet. 
let's join our friend the great Gildersleeve, whom we meet this evening as a member of the Summerfield School Board. In this capacity, he's attending a meeting of the Parent Teachers Association in the auditorium of the Summerfield Grammar School with Miss Eve Goodwin as chairman. Meeting, he says. Well, it would be a meeting, except that so far nobody but Gildersleeve and Miss Goodwin have showed up. What time is it, Throckmorton? Time? Uh, 8.15, Eve. What time is the meeting supposed to start? At 8. Wouldn't it be awful if nobody came? It would suit me fine. I'll tell you what, Eve. Let's lock the doors right now so nobody can get in. Rock, <laughs> Morton, what on earth for? Then you and I could play school. <laughs> Silly. I'll be the naughty boy and you make me stay after how about it? Oh, don't be childish, Throckmorton. Childish? Don't you even want to know what I did that was naughty? I wrote something naughty on the blackboard. <laughs> All right, what was it? I love teacher. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Please, can I stay after school, teacher? No, Throckmorton. Go home and write out the multiplication table 50 times. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get out of here, Eve. Nobody's coming. We know Judge Hooker's coming because we announced him as our principal speaker. We sent out over 200 postcards. Announcing Judge Hooker would speak? Of course. Well, no wonder nobody's here. <laughs> People don't want to listen to that old goat bleeding at them. The judge is highly respected in the community, Throckmorton. He has a great many admirers. Yeah, and they're all sitting right here waiting for him to speak. Count them. Well, I don't understand it. When you send a... There's someone at the door now. If it's a fan of Judge Hooker's, I want to see him. Well, by George, it is at that. Hello, Judge. Hi, Gildy. Good evening, gracious lady. Good evening, Judge. Well, where's our audience? I was just going to ask you that, Judge. You're the main attraction this evening, I believe. Maybe nobody wants to hear that speech of yours anymore. The law as the bulwark of freedom. My speech has nothing to do with tonight's attendance. The YMCA is giving a minstrel show tonight to raise money for a new pool table. That's where everybody's gone. Oh? Well, that's what we got to compete with, then. Entertainment. Yeah, but how can we compete? Well, Judge, I, I think your speech might have been a little closer to the subject of education. Just what I've been trying to say, Eve. Now, for instance, I might give a little talk on child psychology. You? I'm the authority on child psychology around this town. Juvenile delinquency, I call it. I just read a magazine article about it. So did I. Oh, please, Horace. Throckmorton. He raised his voice to me. <laughs> I'm sorry, Eve, but Gildersleeve is so irritating. What? Throckmorton. <laughs> now, Horace, there's nothing to fight about. You both want to talk on child psychology. Now, why can't we have a debate? Debate? By George. Now, that's something people would come to hear. Uh, have you definite views on the subject, Throckmorton? Have I? I told you I read this article. And you, Judge? I can put my views on juvenile delinquency in a nutshell. Spare the rod and spoil the child. Yeah, I might have known that's how you'd look at it, Judge. Kid steals a pack of chewing gum and you'd send him up for five years. I'd do nothing of the kind. On the other hand, I wouldn't just give him a pat on the back. It's old dodos like you that make juvenile delinquency a problem. And it's ignorant boneheads like you that make it more difficult. Gentlemen, gentlemen, hold your fire. We'll stage the debate a week from tonight. And may the best man win. I'm a cinch. Leroy? Yeah? Where's that little magazine that was lying around the parlor yesterday? Magazine Digest. Yesterday? It's been kicking around here for days. Now when I want it, I can't find it. Yep, I know how it is, Unc. The philosopher, even. <clears throat> you haven't seen the magazine? 
Had an article on child psychology in it. Nope. Did you ask Bertie? She hadn't seen it. Oh, well, I guess I can remember enough of it. Let's see. Maybe if I could make a sort of an outline. Haven't you anything to do, Leroy? Not a thing. Well, find something. You make me nervous just sitting there while I'm trying to work. Okay. Leroy! Leroy! Somebody calling you, Leroy? Yeah. Well, answer him. <laughs> he gods, there's a kid for you to play with. He's not a kid. He's just a little boy. Well, play with him anyway. Leroy! Leroy's in here, Sonny. Come on in. Oh, for corn's sake. He's too little. Hello, Leroy. What you doing? Nothing. Manners, Leroy. I don't believe I know you, young man. What's your name? Craig. He's Craig Bullard. Oh, another one of the Bullard family. Well, well, I've met your brother Marshall, and I've met your dad. And you're Craig. Well, quite a family. Let's play, Leroy. Play what? My father gave me this magic trick. But I don't know how it works. Magic? Let's see. Hey, this is the Mahatma's magic box. Cost eight seventy-five. How does it work? Well, I'll show you how it works, Craig. Now, look, you sit down here on the sofa, and I'll show you the trick. Holy cow, the Mahatma's magic box, eight seventy-five. You be careful with Craig's expensive trick, Leroy. I can handle it. Look, Craig, you see, I take this quarter, and I open the door of the Mahatma's magic box. I place the quarter inside, and I close the door. Now, the quarter's in there, isn't it? It's in there all right, isn't it? I don't know. You just saw me put it in. You can hear it. You hear it? Yes, I hear it. But now I open the door of the Mahatma's box, and we do not see the quarter. Open the other door. The other door? Oh. We open the other door, but the quarter has vanished. You moved it. Open the other door. The other door? We open the other door? No quarter. You moved it again. Open both doors. I have opened both doors. I open this door, no quarter. I open the other door, no quarter there either. Open both doors at the same time. What? Open both doors at the same time. <laughs> he got it. Oh, both doors at the same time. Very well. But where's the quarter? Well, I'll be. Was it really in there, Leroy? Well, sure. You saw me put the quarter in, didn't you, Craig? I thought so. Where did it go? That's a magic. Uh, look, Craig, this is a kind of a tough trick to learn. How'd you like to trade it for something easier? Leroy. <laughs> What's the matter? No swindling, please. Oh, I won't jip him. You want to trade this for something easier, Craig? Okay. I wonder if you and Craig could do your trading upstairs, my boy. I'm trying to do some work here. Oh, sure. Come on, Craigie, old boy. I'll show you all my magic stuff. He's going to swindle him. I'd rather he did it where I can't hear the details. <laughs> uh -huh. Now, let's see here. I suppose Hooker will have a lot of statistics. That kind of stuff. Maybe I should throw in a few. Uh... <clears throat> It may surprise my esteemed opponent to learn that in six large cities where corporal punishment was abolished last year, uh, juvenile delinquency fell off uh, 19%. wonder if you'll know I made that up. Oh, wait a minute, Craig! Craig! Wait! Gee whiz! Wait! Oh, my goodness. Craig! Now, now, what's the matter here? He took my magic box away from me. I did not. He took it away. Leroy, let me have the facts. I didn't take it. We traded. He said he'd trade the box for my Egyptian changing bag. 
Is that right, Craig? Are you willing to trade your box for the bag? The bag is torn. I want my box. <laughs> is the bag torn, Leroy? Just a small tear. Hardly shows at all. Outside of that, it's in perfect condition. How much is the bag worth? Uh, I don't remember exactly. Well, it wasn't worth any 875 brand new, was it? No. But they're hard to get now. Or they will be one of these days. <laughs> they might stop making them. Leroy, give the boy his box. You run upstairs with Leroy, Craig, and you'll get your box back. Thank you. I'll tell you what I'll do, Craig. If you don't like the changing bag, i got a set of Chinese rings. Upstairs, Leroy. Okay, doke. I think you'll like... Leroy certainly sticks to the thing when he wants to. Yes, sir, there's a lot of bulldog Gildersleeve in that boy. <laughs> well, come on, bulldog. Get your teeth in old Judge Hooker here. Let's see. I was throwing statistics at him. Oh, yes. The average rainfall... Leroy, give him his box. He took my magic box away from me. I did not. It was a trade. Gosh, Uncle, he made the trade. The changing bag and the Chinese rings. Well, that sounds fair enough. What's wrong with that? The bag is torn and the rings are rusty. <laughs> I'm tired of this, Leroy. Stop trying to get Craig's box away from him and just play nicely. Play what? Go out in the backyard and play catch or something sensible and healthy. Can you catch a ball, Craig? Sure. He can't, Unc. He's a butterfinger. Well, teach him. Ye gods, I am busy. Well, I don't suppose I have to write out every syllable I'm going to say there. As long as I have the general idea. Now what? Some more kids, I suppose. Come in. Oh, uh, yes, I am. Uh, pardon me, I thought it was someone I knew at the door. I'm Mrs. Bullard from across the street. Well, well, this is indeed a pleasure. Now I've met the whole family. There's a youngster of yours around here somewhere playing with my nephew. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you, Mr. Gildersleeve. I, I thought I saw Craig come over here. Yes, he's here. Seems like a mighty nice boy, too. I'm glad if he's made a good impression because I... I wanted to ask you to do us a favor. Uh, do me a favor. Anything at all, Mrs. Bullard, anything at all. Well, I've just managed to make an appointment at the hairdressers, and I wondered if I could leave Craig over here for the next couple of hours. Is that all? <laughs> well, I thought you were going to ask a real favor. Craig is having such a good time with Leroy. That's nothing, Mrs. Bullard. Oh, thank you so much, Mr. Gildersleeve. I've got to run now, but I'll pick up Craig as soon as I get back. Don't have him on your mind. Well, pleasant woman. Seems a little young for Bullard. <laughs> Mr. Gildersleeve. Huh? Oh, what is it, Bertie? I guess I'll be going now. Going? Going where? Did you forget? You told me I could take this afternoon off, and it's 12 o'clock right now. By George, Bertie, I had forgotten. Well, go along, Bertie. Yes, sir. I'll be back around 4.30. Goodbye, Miss Gilsey. Goodbye, Bertie. Have a good... Uh, oh, Bertie. What you want, Miss Gilsey? On your way, just ask Leroy to come in here, will you? Leroy ain't here. He left with Piggy about a half hour ago. He left? What about that little boy that was with him? He's just sitting out there in the backyard by himself. Wait till I catch that, Leroy. All right, Bertie. Thanks, anyway. You're welcome, Miss Gilsey. Goodbye. Goodbye. Leroy has the manners of a pig. Well, maybe I'll get a chance to do some work on him this summer. Uh, let's see here. Mr. Gildersleeve. Uh, 
What is it, Craig? I'm hungry. I want some lunch. <laughs> Bertie! Uh, Bertie! Confounded, Craig. Why didn't you think of that five minutes ago? Let's get back to the great Gildersleeve, who finds himself, with Bertie away, faced with the problem of providing lunch for himself and his little guest from across the street. Well, come on, Craig. Let's go out to the kitchen and see what's there, shall we? What say? I'm hungry. <laughs> I know you're hungry. <laughs> We're going to get you a nice big lunch. All the things you like, too. What's your favorite? Ice cream. <laughs> yes, I know. But that would hardly do for lunch now, would it? What would you like for lunch? Ice cream. <laughs> well, well. <laughs> now, you know as well as I do that we don't eat ice cream for lunch. Now, let's see what we have here. Well, we have raspberry jam, if you like that. Bread and jam. And here's a can of tuna. Mmm. You could have a tuna sandwich. Now, which would you like? Ice cream. <laughs> now, look, Craig, let's be reasonable, shall we? I've got work to do, and I've got to get back to it. We haven't any ice cream, and if we had some, you wouldn't be allowed to have it. Now, we've got all this nice stuff here. Make up your mind. Which is it going to be? What does your mother usually give you for lunch? Ice cream. All right, come on, we'll get some ice cream. Go ahead. Why are we going in here? Because you wouldn't eat what we had to offer at home. Is this where they have the ice cream? Yes. Now go ahead. Well, hello, Mr. Gillistream. <laughs> hello, Peavy. Who's your young friend? This is Rumson Bullard, younger boy. Say hello to Mr. Peavy, Craig. How do you do? Well, how do you do, Sonny? <laughs> Mannerly little fellow, isn't he? Well, yes, his manners are all right. <laughs> And what can I do for you today, young man? Well, Craig and I drop in for a bite of lunch. Climb up on the stool there, Craig. Can you make it? Well, I should say so. My, you're a good climber, aren't you? I can climb trees, too. How'd you like to go and climb one? <laughs> uh, Craig's mother's gone out for a while, Peavy, so I get to take care of him. Well, now, isn't that nice? Uh-huh. <laughs> and what are you going to have for lunch, Sonny? Ice cream. Oh, but ice cream is for dessert. What are you going to have to start with? Ice cream. There's no use arguing with the child, Peavy. I've tried it. Just give him the ice cream. Well, perhaps you didn't put it to him the right way, Mr. Gildersleeve. A lot of people get impatient with children. That never works. No. You see, uh, Sonny, we don't start with ice cream. Oh, dear, no, because that would spoil our appetite, wouldn't it? It's no use, Peavy. Now, if you want ice cream, you'll have to eat something else first. You know, a sandwich or something. You understand? I tell you, it's no use. Now, we have all kinds of sandwiches here. Chopped eggs, Swiss cheese, tuna, tomato. I like tuna. Tuna it is. <laughs> Why, you look... I offered him a tuna sandwich at home, and he said he didn't want it. Yeah, perhaps the boy changed his mind, Mr. Gildersleeve. That's everybody's privilege. Huh. Now, there's your sandwich, Sonny. Want me to unwrap it for you? I can do it. Well, you're a big boy, aren't you? Fine lad. Fine lad. You see, Mr. Gildersleeve, you just have to know how to handle them. Don't forget my ice cream. No, indeed. Ice cream coming right up. 
Yes, dear. I've always found that reason works pretty well with children. Well, I'm not against it, you understand. I always try reason when everything else fails. But you can't count on it. <laughs> ah, there's your dessert, Sonny. Thank you. Sandwich first, remember? Hi, George. I'll say one thing for you, Peavy. You certainly have a way with kids. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> oh, you have, definitely. I argued with him till I was black in the face. All you have to do is speak to him. Well, it's really very simple, Mr. Gildersleeve. You have to remember that children are people, that's all, just like you or me. You know, I'm glad to hear you say that, Peavy. I'm taking part in a debate with Judge Hooker tonight before the Parent Teachers Association. Yeah, I saw that in the paper. I was beginning to think maybe I was on the wrong side. Now, the judge, he thinks the only way to handle children is to get them into juvenile court and send them up for five years. Well, the judge has never had any children of his own. Just between you and me, I don't think he knows anything about it. <laughs> He's going to find that out this evening. I'm through. Can I have some water? Why, Craig, you've eaten your ice cream. And never touched your sandwich. Listen, you. Now, just a minute, Mr. Gildersleeve. <laughs> now, Craig, you and I had an understanding, didn't we? You were to eat the sandwich first. But I didn't want the sandwich. Well, that makes no difference. We had an agreement. So I think you ought to eat the sandwich now. But I'm not hungry. I told you you wouldn't be hungry if you ate the ice cream first. But I'm going to have to ask you to eat the sandwich just the same. But I don't want to. Listen, do you want me to tell your mother you eat that sandwich? <laughs> I'll get sick. Now, you ordered it. Now, eat it. <laughs> Come along, Craig. I'm afraid we've annoyed Mr. Peavy. Spoiled little devil. If we were mine, I'd... Well, but he isn't. Now, <laughs> uh, let's see here. Where is it? Craig, have you been... Oh, here it is. Let's see. I say, uh... uh <clears throat> Miss Goodwin, my honored opponent, Judge Hooker, fellow members of the PTA... Where's Leroy? Where's Leroy? <laughs> I've told you, Craig, I don't know where Leroy is. I suspect he's hiding. I want Leroy to play with me. Well, he can't play with you. He isn't here. When will he be back? I don't know. Where did he go? For the hundredth time, I don't know where he went. I want him to play with me. <laughs> Look, Craig, I'm trying to work here. It's very important. I've got just half an hour to finish this. Now, you go upstairs to Leroy's room and find something to do, or by George, I'll... Well, you go upstairs, that's all. I want Leroy to come with me. Leroy isn't here, ye gods! <laughs> now what? If it isn't one thing, it's another. Well, Mrs. Bullard, so you're back. Oh, I must apologize. I'm afraid I'm terribly late. Not at all, not at all. <laughs> Come in. Is Craig here? Yes, indeed. He's been here every minute. Oh, Craig. Craigie, darling. Your mother's here. Come, Craig. Oh, I do hope he hasn't been too much trouble. Trouble? Not a bit. He's been a perfect little angel. <laughs> well, I'm so glad to hear it. Come, darling. Yes, indeed. Craig and I have gotten to be great friends. Haven't we, Craig? <laughs> Haven't we? <laughs> Mr. Gildersleeve asked you a question, dear. <laughs> Cat's got his tongue, I guess. Well, he's probably tired. Had a big day. <laughs> well, Mr. Gildersleeve, I, I can't thank you enough. Oh, don't mention it. Glad to have him. Glad to have him any time. 
We had more fun, didn't we, Craig? <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> well, goodbye. Goodbye. Give my regards to your husband. You must come over when we get settled. Oh, I will. Be delighted. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Well, maybe I can get something done around here for a change. <laughs> Where the devil was I? Hmm. Maybe I'm going at this thing wrong. If I give all my arguments at the start, the judge will refute them. If I just stall and save all my arguments for the rebuttal, he won't get a chance to answer them. <laughs> the old goat, that'll burn him up. Who's that? Leroy? No, it's me. Oh, hello, Marjorie. Come on in, Marshall. Uncle Mort, you know Marshall. Oh, yes, yes. How do you do, sir? Your little brother just spent the whole day here. Oh, that's so? Yeah. Over here, Marshall. Have you got the record? Yes. Is there a needle in that thing? Uh, Marjorie. Yes? If you don't mind, I'm doing a little work in here, so if you're planning to play the phonograph... Oh, that's all right. You won't bother us. <laughs> well, rather than run any risk of that, my dear, I think perhaps I'll retire to my study. Oh, you're not disturbing us, Mr. Gildersleeve. Stick around. Yeah, stick around, Uncle Mort. You'll love this. It's called Sad Sack. Play it, Marshall. I give up. I give up. What's the matter, Uncle Mort? Everything. I've been trying all day to get two minutes to myself here, but no. And this is the last straw. Ta-da, ta-da. When Bernie comes in, tell her I'll have my dinner served alone in my study. What's the matter with him? I don't know. He gets like that. Play it, Marshall. Yeah. All right, George, the judge is right about kids. You ought to send them up for five years. Everyone... <laughs> No manners, no conscience. Come in. Excuse me. Oh, <laughs> you can take the dishes, Bertie. I'm through. It ain't that. Miss Goodman and Judge Hooker are here to take you to the school meeting. What'll I tell Eve? I'm not prepared. Yeah, they. Oh, coming, Judge. I haven't got much time. Meeting's called for eight. Be right with you, Horace. Well, hello, Eve. Good evening, Morton. Hope you're in good form this evening, Gildy, because I'm prepared to give you the trouncing of your life in this debate. Well, I'm afraid there isn't going to be any debate this evening, Judge. Why not? Because you can't have a debate when two men are on the same side. What? Throckmorton, I don't understand. You mean that now, all of a sudden, you're in favor of corporal punishment for children? Eve, if you'd spent the day I've just spent, you'd be in favor of capital punishment. <laughs> oh, well, really, with all those people down there at the meeting... What are we going to do? Now, don't get excited, Eve. I've got a better idea. Now, who wants to listen to a dull old debate? Do you judge? Do I? No. Entertainment. That's what they want. Now, I've got an idea that's going to be great. We can bring it up before the meeting tonight. What's that, Gildy? Why don't we put on a minstrel show? The Parent Teachers Association? Sure. What a perfectly awful idea. Well, I don't know, Eve. It might be kind of fun. Sure it would. 
Who was that fat lady I done seen you with last night, Jay? That was no lady. That was my wife. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh. Mr. Gildersleeve, what's the best way to raise spinach? With a fork? Any fool knows that. Yeah. <laughs> Judge? Yeah. I'll be down to meet you in a taxi, honey. Better, better be, be ready, ready about half past eight. Oh, honey, no. don't be late. I'm gonna meet you What do you got there, Leroy? Oh, I got a new way to do the trick, Unc. Is that the Mahatma's magic box? Yeah, I traded it from Craig. So you finally got it away from him, eh? What'd you give him for it, Leroy? I gave him a pretty nice deal, Unc. What did you give him? Well, it might not seem so good to you, but a kid would love it. What was it? A solid glass doorknob. And a 20 cents in cash. Well... A deal is a deal, I guess. <laughs> Good night, Leroy. Good night, everybody. Music on this program was directed by Claude Sweet. This is Ken Carpenter speaking for the Kraft Cheese Company, makers of parquet margin and a complete line of famous quality food products. Kraft invites you to listen again next week for the further adventures of the Great Gildersleeve. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Let George Do It, followed by Our Miss Brooks. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.